Show. Joining us now in our studios, we have uh, Northfield City Administrator uh, Ben Martig, along with Susie Nicassian, Northfield City Councilor. Thank you so much for coming in today. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Good morning. Let's uh, start off. Uh, well, I guess we'll start off last night with uh, with uh, what uh, with Susie. I guess last night you announced your retirement. I guess from the uh, Northfield City Council after. I guess, is it 12 years? Wow. Tell us a little bit about that. It had to be a difficult decision. You served the uh, city for a long time. Uh, it was difficult decision, uh, the right thing to do. There are chapters in people's lives, and my kids are off to college, and it's time for a new chapter for Susie. Yeah, wow. Do you uh, any idea what that's going to be like yet, or are you going to be uh, remaining uh, uh, on the in council related type stuff, civic involvement <laughs> somewhere or whatever. I know it'll be a new chapter for Susie, and <laughs> and I also uh, I have learned so much about local government and built community building, and uh, have enjoyed it, the creativity of it so much that as I think forward about what I might want to do, um, if I could find, I need to find a paid job. Mm-hmm. Um, not that the city council doesn't pay, <laughs> by the way, but it should pay more for, um, but it's a, it's a full-time job, which is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, something related to, um, environment or, uh, but I really have keeping an open mind and okay. trusting the universe is some, somebody once said <laughs> <laughs> let's go back a little bit you were uh elected to the council in 2010 uh but you had been involved with uh, the city and the city government uh through commissions and in yeah. such before that yep i moved here with my family in 2001 or two with little kids and um i was immediately at that time very interested in climate change very concerned mm-hmm. about it and uh joined the eqc and that was my first, I had worked in national political organizing, but never at the local level. I mean, like national campaigns mm-hmm. and worked in the Senate. But I found working at the local level so much more satisfying. I got kind of hooked by it. Um, so the EQC, but the one I really want to point to was the Northfield Comprehensive Planning Process. Um, I'd never heard of anything like that, that community members can actually decide together the kind of community they want to live in. And 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 then make it that happen, um, and it, it, the comp plan did exactly that. And I was asked to organize, help organize the community organizing to get everybody to talk about what kind of community you want. And the fellow set out fifteen chairs, and about one hundred and fifty people showed up because so many we had done. So, people, our committee did a great <laughs> job, and um, I think I think. Um, I've forgotten the name of the fellow that came up with it, but put your fingerprints on the blueprint. Um, and I have to say, in the 20 years I've served, then I went on the planning commission and then commission council, I have watched that plan become a, a real reality. Um, and it's really inspiring to me, if I'll just say one more thing. Sure. In the age of democratic divisiveness, which is, which is something we're all going through, uh, that... That experience of leading people or being part of a group, deciding together what's our best vision, and then sticking to the vision. Because you also, we we appointed, we uh, elected council members who stuck to the plans. They didn't say, oh, yeah, we're going to do this because my friend wants it done. (laughs) We, We stuck to what the community said it wanted to get done. And sometimes that's really hard to do 
when it's in somebody's backyard. But that's what the community said we wanted. And and after 20 years, I can look around Northfield and see tree, better trees, better streets, better connectivity, more dense housing, infill instead of sprawl, um, all kinds of values that I hope I could help in Northfield that when I lived on the East Coast, I could see beautiful communities like this being destroyed through the absence of that kind of intention. And um, so it's been really satisfying to be part of something so, um, so I, w- I will say successful. Um, we're not done, but um, I, I, I hope I get the opportunity to be a part of a planning and implementation of something like this um, again in the future. Now, through the years, you've also uh, been an advocate of uh, rail, uh, passenger rail. And we've had you on uh, to talk about that a couple of times over the course uh, through the years. Um, My my guess is you still have a passion for that. It's not going to go away. Yeah, I really do. And I'm very disappointed in our legislature. I think the Minnesota legislature needs a wake-up call. Other states, other conservative states are are well ahead of us in taking advantage of the opportunity that the IAJA, the, f- the federal government, has made possible. Um, this is not 1951, and we're losing. Um, our rail line is viable. Um, I moved it into, or I organized a group that moved it into the state rail plan, where it's the top-ranked rail corridor, uh, but without the support of um, both parties in the House and Senate, uh, Minnesota's not we're putting all the money into roads and bridges, which is, uh, with gasoline prices and for other reasons, really wrongheaded. So I'm still passionate about that. I'm hopeful there is a group, there is a possibility for our line um, that I'm thinking about or I'm involved in. Um, maybe, hopefully, if that could work out, I could come back to Northfield and continue to do work on it. It would be an interstate connection, um, working with the train that comes from Seattle to Chicago, um, and, and it could turn, it could turn south at St. Paul. Uh, so, all right. Details to follow. We'll see what the gods have in store. Okay, and we'll talk more with Susie in just a moment or so. But it's, uh, I want to, and you can chime in at any time. But I want to talk about some of the things that happened last night at the council. Uh, first of all, I'll ask uh, Ben Martigo, what what as far as replacing Councillor Nacassian. What's what's next? What steps do you go through? I understand there's only one person who filed for election in the upcoming election. Where do, where does that leave the city at this point? Yeah, let me uh, just one thing first, and then I'll jump right into that. Jeff is uh, uh, Councilor Nakazi, and I just want to say is very passionate about policy positions, but she listens to all of her constituents and, and her colleagues on the council, and she always carries herself with such dignity um, and respect. And I just wanted to say thank you to to her for her service. She, I've told her this many times too. She's she's a very unique person where I think she has this executive function uh, kind of personality to her, where she can go from visionary understanding the big picture like she was just talking about with the rail but then jump into tactical level things on on moving things into action as well and that's a unique skill set so thank you uh, Susie for for your work on the council and what you brought to this community it's uh really you're a really impressive counselor so uh, thank you with that um you you can't fill somebody's shoes uh, but you can kind of come in and um, and be yourself and be true to uh, you, you serving your community. And the council had a discussion last night. The city charter really calls out with the timing of this and, and the remainder of the term left to be filled. They need to go forward with an appointment, even though it's for probably about six months. 
So they discussed a couple of timelines and landed on um, basically opening it up. We'll be taking applications. They're very simple applications. You basically have to qualify as a voter in the or eligible to vote in the first ward um, and uh, serve the council. So the, we'll be opening up applications. The city clerk's office uh, is where they can get that if they have an interest. I'm sure you can come talk to Councilor Nicasian or others if you have questions of the councilors. Um, and that we'll be taking applications through the 8th of July. Uh, and then the council at their next regular meeting on the 12th of July, because of the holiday, we won't be meeting that first week, but they'll be doing interviews and selections and appointment uh, for people that evening. They won't have to jump in and work that night and run the meeting, but they'd be appointed. And then that next week, we have a pretty heavy budget work session that kicks off. So that'll be one of the primary things that uh, the person that would be working on in addition to other policy decisions along the way, but the budget's probably the biggest policy item kind of on the back half of the year to be working on that, that ends in December. So that's kind of our process, and there probably be a few questions. The council's uh, followed this process in the past a number of times, so uh, I think it's fairly uh, familiar and, and worn path that they've gone through. All right. Uh, also on the regular agenda last night, there were a couple of uh, readings of uh, new ordinance. You had the second reading of uh, the sidewalk and defacing sidewalks, uh, sidewalk chalk stuff, and also conversion therapy. Now, we've all, uh, the, the first reading of that new ordinance, we've talked about those a lot, and we don't have a whole lot of time, but did that go through pretty routine? Is it uh, on to the next step from here? Yeah, so the second reading was approved last night on the sidewalk, uh, the ability to allow sidewalk chalking in the community. So um, there'll be basically 30 days afterwards it'll be approved. It was on the regular agenda because there was a split vote um, on that particular issue, but that did pass, so we'll be moving forward with that. And then on the conversion therapy, that was the first reading of the conversion therapy. Um, so we're going to be doing... Um, a second reading will be scheduled in July, and there was an interest to, uh, since this is uh, probably a topic that not everybody's real familiar with, um, hopefully it's not something we see really happening anyway, but um, the, the council's looking at putting some protections in to ensure that um, conversion therapy isn't something that would be um, allowed in Northfield, and maybe the state of Minnesota will be taking this on. It's been at the legislature for a couple of sessions and hasn't been able to move on, but I think ultimately everybody agreed to that um, ideally this would be a state-level um, action that would be taken as well, but that will be on the council meeting in July. Uh, for further discussion, and the council requested that we do some extra education about the topic for the community as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, City Administrator Ben Martig and Councillor uh, Susie Nicassian are with us right now. Uh, we're talking about last night's council meeting. Uh, coming up, we have the Reclamation and Overlay Project, and we're already talking about 2023 now, next year, even though we're just getting underway this year. Uh, we have a feasibility report. Is that uh, Was that passed last night? Yes, it was. Uh, we've got a long list of some of the areas kind of on the southern part of the community where we're doing some uh, re resurfacing of the street surface and also some trail gaps. I won't go into the long list that, uh, that's on our list of all the different street segments in there. You can get that information on our projects page as we start to build that out. But one policy item that the council added in that I think was a wise move last night was down in the area of kind of the middle school on the east side of the road um i think it's anderson street or uh um down by i'm forgetting the name of the business that's down there oh judy's floral judy's floral thank you uh, mm -hmm. counselor um there was a segment of sidewalk there that kind of ends on uh, along in front of um of the business 
leading kind of to the new roundabout that we have. So there's some nice safe crossings in there, but you kind of dead end into the park gravel parking lot. So there's a missing segment there. So um, the council did uh, request in that study that we also add in the review of connecting that segment, which basically would be doing some work right adjacent to it. So I think that was a smart catch. Um, that's why we've got a lot of people around the table to help us make sure we're not missing anything. Like that's a good, good ad to be reviewed to get add in, added into the project. So that'll be moving forward uh, to come back with the feasibility report that kind of outlines all of the kind of preliminary study issues. One thing we're doing differently too, um, we brought on a, a consulting firm to do additional review for this project as well as our five-year capital plan that will be coming back on a broader scale of the council in October. Ulta Design um, is helping us to do analysis on our, our bike our bike and pedestrian um, connectivity planning and um, so they'll be look they'll be helping us with uh, the project areas for this upcoming year to uh, be thoughtful and um, try and be more planful and, and intentional in advance of these projects coming forward um, around pedestrian and biking um, as well so that's going to be integrated in with the projects all right let's talk about uh you had uh, presented the draft of the uh, park and rec capital investment plan and that was up for discussion last night tell us about that yeah we have some people helping us with this as well um to look at a 10-year investment plan on our parks and recreation system this is kind of part of the council's uh councilor Cazino was talking about being strategic in our planning and looking in parks has been one we've been kind of gearing up for to look at um, how do we maintain our our system that we have and try and uh, do some upgrades. So this has been a prioritization process, kind of involving the public, looking at past plans around um, park capital planning primarily. So we we did we had a previous presentation that looked at benchmarking comparatively to communities across the nation, um, how we stack up with them. Um, in that we found out that we're un, uh, well served in areas of outdoor rinks for winter activities uh fields outdoor basketball playgrounds and we're we're under related to dog parks tennis courts uh which probably also would probably fall into the pickleball uh, is mm-hmm. pretty heavily used outdoor outdoor pool areas and indoor recreation and aquatics are some areas where we didn't stack up so they did a bunch of analysis last night, showed some maps on also like taking a look at equity, like where are our facilities across the community. One, I think, finding was on the west side of town, we're a little lighter, particularly on athletic facilities. So there might be some focus to, to um, look at some upgrades in, in that area and others. And on the preliminary plan that they're looking at, they're looking at uh, just under 30% would be looking at riverfront related park improvements. We're fortunate to have a corridor of uh, parks along our river. That's a unique asset for us. Indoor facilities, about 58% primarily looking at 50 North uh, renovation and upgrade. And then uh, an additional 10% for park improvements, things like playground upgrades um, and others. So um, some pretty big dollars we're looking at, but we also know we, we've probably been behind on where we need to be, but they're looking at uh, preliminarily $24 million over five years and $33 million over 10 years potentially. So next steps will be um, going into the public, sharing this information, and then getting feedback from some of the planning. Can I say yeah, something please. about that? I was so excited finally to see that matrix go forward in the 20 years that I've been here. Parks have been almost like the a little rose on the side of a cake. Like nobody's really paying too much. It's just sort of there, an accessory you sort of get to. Our parks are, are so underutilized and, and, and could be so much more. And they're economic development. They're not an accessory. They're 
of, in 2022, something that draws people to a community that this new generation is, as I've been sitting here talking, 40, four or five bikes have gone by of all ages or people riding bikes and walking and looking for outdoor engagement. And the community has to build that into the infrastructure if we're going to continue to thrive and, and attract uh, residents and business. So it's economic development. It's not a, a side note. And, and I think traditionally Northfield has looked at parks as kind of, well, we'll get to it when we can. I mean, that's a little, that's an overstatement, mm -hmm. but it needs to change. You We're know, changing uh, it. Ben had mentioned uh, some of the athletic facilities are, are lacking here around the park. And uh, parks aren't really used like they were when I was young. Uh, you know, they're, they're just used differently. People look for different things for that. Are, are there some types of, uh, uh, I guess, activities whether it be athletics or something that the modern person in 2022 would like to do that, the, you know, the people back in 1980 uh, had no desire to do. Oh <laughs> Are we changing that? I think that that would be a whole discussion. I, I hope you mm -hmm. would donate, dedicate a radio show to what's happening and what other cities are finding successful. Mm -hmm. it, it paths and trails and bikes start for one um, but also multi-use facilities. I mean, the, the ICE Arena vote was so, in my personal view, unfortunate. I hope that Northfield will look for a an opportunity to articulate a really beautiful use of that natural space where our ICE Arena currently is and turn it into something that many people can use in many ways in on that one site, including ICE perhaps, but other things, because we don't have that kind of feature and it is, to answer your question, one of the things that communities look for is a space that can be used for many different things and shows and festivals and book fairs. And we don't, we don't have anything except our arena, which was so dilapidated. It's really an insult to Northfield. It doesn't. So I hope you'll do a whole show looking and introducing the public to some of the cool stuff that's going on. Um, I've seen engineered rivers in Reno, Nevada uh, with kayak flumes. Uh, I, all of which bring money and vitality to communities. It's not just money thrown away. It's it's a multiplier. So there's so much exciting stuff going on in the world. Um, Northfield ought to study it and um, build that into what we're trying to do with this plan. Oh, we'll definitely have people on to talk about that. There's right. no question. That'll be fun. All I, right. One thing I would echo what yeah. Councilor Kazian said, but I would also add to is universal design is certainly something hitting all people but also being accessible to all uses the council talked a little bit about everybody's playground and how much people everybody really enjoys that playground in the community and looking at that that design so intergenerational all people we have very active older adults now they they're not just sitting around knitting at home they want to get out and be active so you need to be um really serving interests um year-round for activities um for everybody so um, yeah, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of creative things out there that are happening in parks that we've looked at. All right, we're about out of time. Uh, as Councillor DeCassie and I will give you any uh, final thoughts while we have you here. I'll give you a moment if you have any. Final, if you don't, <laughs> final thoughts. Uh, well, just a, a word of gratitude. I, it's been a genuine pleasure to serve this community and to learn so much and be supported by the community. Um, I encourage anyone listening to take a constructive, creative, loving part in making your world because the world you live in is the one you create. And uh, local government is like, if your children know what Minecraft is, I always tell the, it's 
you have this opportunity to Minecraft is an onboard what I call a commuter game where you mm-hmm. build a world. You can build, you know, take part in building your world, and it's been a it's been a, such a pleasure for me personally to build a world here for my family and myself, and I'm very grateful for the experience. All right, thank you both for coming in, uh, Councilor Nicassian. Thank you so much for your uh, years of service to Northfield. Much appreciated, and thank did you. not go unnoticed. So. No. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with uh, Tim McNiff. News and a side of sports coming up. Eminem is next. This news update is brought to you by Great Rivers Mutual Insurance Company, where you can get the coverage you need from the people At you know. Great Rivers Mutual, you get the coverage you need from the people you know. And we will be there for you when you need us most, because at Great Rivers Mutual, we grow trust locally. With 18 agencies and over 100 agents across Minnesota, including Northfield, Kenyon, Wanamingo, Goodhue, and Lakeville areas, our agents provide friendly, personalized service and know how to build a customized insurance package to fit your needs. For big company amenities with a small